0: I'm going to take a look at a report from Benzinga about social cannabis use and the reform that's going to be revolutionized with cannabis consumption technology. So we're going to talk about this article and how you know certain technology, like the vape exhale, is going to be at certain cannabis shops, uh, marijuana lounges, cannabis cafes, whatever, a lot of technology like this. We're going to dive into marijuana lounges. Uh, A bill I'm trying to overturn since it's a Class C felony to maintain and operate a marijuana lounge in Washington State and talk about what it is, uh, the importance of it, and technology that's going to be a result of that as well. All of that coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. This article was originally published in Cannabis Tech and Today. Um, And so we're going to take a look uh, at cannabis cafes and, and everything that's around that. I believe that cannabis cafes are like the window or the soul into the community. As soon as people can see the brick and mortars, the establishment of people consuming rather than just buy it, go to your home, out of sight, out of mind, like a freaking heroin addict. People don't know where heroin or crack comes from and people consume it. They don't know where. And that's just too... Out of sight. We need to have consumption be very similar to a bar and restaurant. So rather than just treating it like a drug, like get out of here, you know, not in my backyard. The nimby's. There needs to be an actual place to go. And so Seattle Super Chronic Cafe was going to be that um, that thing here. And then once I launched that in 2015, uh, within two months, Washington State put a classy felony on that. So. I was going to use the Vapex hail as an example for, you know, technology and having this uh, consumption and interaction. You can lease it, you, whatever, resell, it, you could buy it. Uh, since they're going to be limited uh, on their ability to generate revenue, a lot of places that you're going to see, you have to buy the product there. And so they're going to sell you a $20 uh, gram or a $10 pre-roll. That's not sustainable. That's no, nobody except tourists are going to do that. And so we already saw what happened with tourist-based businesses in Nevada. They got absolutely hammered. So as an investor, I wouldn't dive into that. I wouldn't back that up. There needs to be a model similar to a restaurant where there's food, beverages, and, and other things for people to consume. Otherwise, it's never going to work. So where are cafes right now, if you wanted to go? Uh, Barcelona has had a pretty decent rollout out in Spain. So you're gonna to have to go to Spain if you want to see uh, that ability. They had some permits back in 2016. It's kind of a gray area if I'm not mistaken though. So there's not like definitive laws, but there's nothing really preventing and nobody cares. There's not complaints um, and they're not getting shut down. So right now, I guess it can kind of be seen as, um, you know, one of the movers. but we've already seen regions that have had it for, long time portland for example world famous portland uh cafe is the name of it it's not that it's world famous but (laughs) there's other places in denver they've had permits um alaska was one of the first ones to kind of allow it it's been off and on unfortunately in portland a lot of those um you know cafes uh cannabis clubs shut down again there was no revenue and then uh, the pandemic just annihilated their business model. So this is a bill that I wrote for conducting, maintaining a marijuana lounge, uh, trying to overturn that Class C felony in Washington State, specifically working on this bill. It's, uh, right now, they're, they're trying to pass a bill to uh, increase the jail sentences for anybody who is robbing cannabis retail shops. So a little crazy. I mean, those people should be in prison no matter what, but to, uh, spend your time to increase jail time for robbers is unfortunate. I wish they would spend the time to make the cannabis industry cash free. You know, that might actually solve it because obviously the crimes of committing, uh, a crime with a weapon. And a lot of these people bring guns It's minimum 25 years. Obviously that's not a deterrent. Obviously that's not working. Obviously you need to do something else, but as incompetent as the LCB is the liquor and cannabis board is going to keep on doing what they're doing. And that's being irrelevant to the industry. And unfortunately a bill like this isn't going to be seen because they're doing other stupid stuff when they should be legalizing some kind of banking in the state to then make it so that robberies like, no, nobody robs a cashless bank, all right? So uh, it's annoying. Let's take a look at some of these states. I reviewed at least eight states. There's about 10 different bills. I think California had two. Um, so there's a couple of different bills that, that we reviewed uh, as a committee. I'm, I'm the chair of the the committee. And so between uh, Las Vegas and Alaska, New Jersey and Colorado, California, Oregon and Illinois, Massachusetts, um, those are all, all the bills that we, we reviewed, along with the Liquor and Cannabis Board's request to have medical access, small business improvements, and social equity drafted into there. Um, that's basically what we have covered into. So let's take a look at some of the pros and cons of the states that I did cover that. So Las Vegas, they had a social use model, pretty decent idea, but they wanted to have alcohol. That's why it got pushed back for a while. And then now they're going to be able to reopen um, under a different model. So it's not going to be a restaurant club. It's going to be attached to the rec store. So Planet 13, um, some other ones are going to be able to sell product uh, and you can't bring your own. So I don't really think it's going to be... um, Anything other than tourists. Locals I've already talked to are not going there. It's way too expensive. They're going to charge you at the door, I think, 10 bucks to get in, and then they're going to charge you outrageous prices. So I might go once just to do a podcast and then obviously never go again because that's pretty stupid. Um, But we were trying to look at the portion of sales that go to impaired driving because that's going to be one of the bigger pushbacks uh, is is driving out of the influence. Um, So this social use model, good idea. But then trying to find like on site sales, uh, maybe not so much. Um, a lot of the producers and processors are going to push back on that if it's not a vertically integrated state, because the retailers then would have all the control. And I, I guess it doesn't matter in a vertically integrated state, but in a state like Washington, those are producers and processors would be completely screwed out, um, screwed over. So, not, not a big fan of the on site sales. The licensing fee would be the same as, uh, you know, the alcohol licensing fee, um, consumption. So that's about a thousand dollar license. So it's not going to be, uh, expensive. It should only be $250 for approvals, uh, annual approvals after that. Um, and trying to get some lobbyists on board from Lyft and Uber to really kind of, uh, address the issue of impaired driving and, and alternatives to that. So, um, there's some other things in, in this bill for Nevada, uh, including um, temporary, like weddings or outdoor licensing. So that would be nice for like temporary event. This would be great for some kind of co- um, uh, concert or something of that nature where a Hemp Fest or whatever is there for the, the weekend in Vegas. And they could just do kind of a wedding or special event license uh, would be decent move on to alaska um so there wasn't a whole lot that we we really saw with alaska i mean there was some some fairly general stuff but the biggest takeaway there was some giveaways or contests we probably can't do that in washington whereas they threw that into the bill up there which is pretty interesting Alaska did say that they don't preclude local governments from applying, which is crazy. We're definitely not going to do that. We don't want local governments being involved. Um, definitely not interested in having them uh, apply for a, line, uh, an, a license. It's, you don't want governments competing against you. Uh, with New Jersey, moving on to that, um, butane inside of a, um, a, a marijuana lounge cannabis cafe is not going to be a thing so you can't have a a butane torch or um but lighters and matches are allowed with regards to the giveaways and contests um they want to be able to have people show up for like a vendor day and give free samples and that's what Oregon was doing on a Monday it was industry night they'd be able to give out free dabs free edibles and that was great um so I I'm hoping that that's something that they will be open to for like a vendor day or an industry day to be able to have samples and medical, uh, and be able to, to have those, um, those options. Uh, plus it was a lot of fun to do that. New Jersey is requiring that employees uh, have a, a vendor responsibility training program. Probably should include, um, anti robbery or whatever. There's a lot of robberies. We just did a podcast on, on that. So, um, serious issues with, uh, between the, all, all, everywhere. I mean, Washington is bad. California is bad. There's just a ton of robberies. Colorado had an interesting bill because they went straight to the heart of the issue, which is the clean air, clean indoor air act. Uh, you, you can't have an employee work anywhere where people smoke, which is weird because there's a restaurant called El Gaucho and they have a cigar bar and everyone is there smoking cigars, but it's a private club and no one's complaining. So you know, um, I don't think that's the workaround, but it is interesting when we tried to get this past the regulators in Washington wanted the equivalent of a 737 engine in order to clear this space that jet engine would have been the only thing to clear the space as fast as they wanted it to. So <laughs> these would be some, uh, you know, a, a, a better compromise there. But Colorado did say that the bill makes the hospitality space an exemption to the Colorado Clean Air Act. So I don't know how they're going to get that passed, but i found that to be an awesome way to write that in. And anybody who's looking at this should definitely be looking at how to exempt their state's Clean Air Act. So it says that they shall be subject to the provisions of the New Jersey Smoke-Free Air Act. And amends the New Jersey Smoke Free Act uh, includes a definition of the con- uh, marijuana consumption uh, specifics about ventilation, and that the area would be exempt from that smoke free act. Insurance is interesting. There's crop loss insurance, so getting the insurance uh, industry in, involved is going to be interesting. Along with you know municipalities and counties, there's probably going to be a lot of people who don't want this and opt out. Um, so. Gonna have to allow local jurisdictions from opting out, um, just like they did with with retail shops, which is unfortunate. But it's gonna differ by by regions or counties. California had a couple bills: one for the state, and then one for like San Francisco, and then they had a, a safe injection site bill. So um, I took the safe injection site bill because I wanted to see what the requirements were for something of that nature. What is the the licensing, you know, the on-staff medical requirements, the literature. I just kind of want to see like worst-case scenario. If you're seriously contemplating like a heroin injection site, what are you requiring there? Because I want to know what it might translate to if it were cannabis. So that's why I included that. There's the West Hollywood application also. They were one of the first ones to, to dive on board and, and allow that. So, again, they wanted to have some on-site sales, which, I uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be the greatest. I think it's going to be really limiting for locals. Again, I'm not going to go if, if there's on-site sales. San Francisco has an overdose prevention program and education materials. Again, that's for the safe injection site. If they're really like uh, ignorant uh, to, to cannabis, they may require something like this and have an on-site um, nurse or something crazy like that um, but I would imagine if there's a very conservative state or conservative county or whatever um, and they're incredibly ignorant that that's why the safe injection site bill was looked at is because worst case scenario you're gonna have to do something stupid like that Oregon's uh, bill was really interesting too because they had Put in um, tours in there. I mean, they should have they should have been able to put a lot more in there to keep those businesses open because like I said, they all failed. A lot of them, if not all of them, failed. So um, putting in inclusions of tours and special event licenses should definitely be considered as well as alternative modes of uh, revenue. You know, uh, allow them to sell coffee instead of K-Cups. Allow them to make you know, food and drink, which they didn't allow. So they had to, they had um, a fundraiser. So they were able to make some ribs and just basically give it away for donations. I don't think that we should be able to restrict. You should be able to generate revenue in any way possible. So big takeaway from Oregon is that you need to generate revenue. Otherwise you're not going to be in business. And then these temporary event licenses are great for tours, um, as well as you know, we mentioned Hemp Fest uh, or any other temporary event, still going to have to follow the same rules as a rec shop. So if you're within a thousand feet of a school or church or whatever, it's going to you know basically follow all of those requirements. But another piece of the tour is to have a, a producer or processor tour and then be able to give samples and or sell directly from the farm. Um, Oregon didn't didn't ask for that, but Washington state is asking for that. So I'm not sure that that's gonna pass in the next year or two, but I think the farms definitely want to offer tours and be able to sell direct only via tours. You can't just show up like in your car, you have to be a part of an actual tour. So we reviewed Illinois and, um, you know, they talked about small businesses and social equity and, and medical. Um, we ended up having a, a town hall, Uh, where we covered all of these issues down at the Capitol in Olympia. And we talked about Illinois' social equity program. They were probably one of the most robust for that equity, uh, equity program. And so we took a lot of the verbiage from Illinois to um, implement in in our bill for that. So again, uh, medical access, because medical is always killed off in a regulated state, social equity licenses for the obvious reason, and then what are the advantages for small business instead of these major massive MSOs? Massachusetts also had a social equity program, medical patient access, tours and special events, but the bill for Massachusetts was relatively thin at the time and uh, not very well thought out. So we didn't really cover a whole lot when it came to Massachusetts. So just running through the, this bill real quick, uh, we started with the intent and what we wanted to do, which is to remove that Class C felony. And then it talks about licensing regulations, uh, just basic rules. And a lot of this is standard Um whether it's a marijuana lounge or a retail shop, a lot of the verbiage here is going to remain relatively the same. Moving on to applications and fees, because ultimately the regulators want to know how they're going to get paid. So you got to include that for sure. Want to have the temporary licensing and tours. That's going to be a big opportunity um, to create tourism, uh, to create some, some reason for people to come into the state when there is, um, federal legalization, people aren't going to care anymore. So you're going to have to do something to differentiate yourself. So as we do have cannabis cafes, there's going to be an opportunity for companies rather than paying a lot of money to promote their new technologies, they're going to just provide a demonstration to a social use venue, a place for products to be in front of potential purchasers, industry insiders in the future. These cannabis cafes are going to be an ideal place to debut new cannabis consumption technologies as soon as they're legal. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.